QVC Quality Violent Cinema. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Quality Violet Cinema. We're starting off season two right now with a special guest, Tony Masiello. Is that how you pronounce it? That's awesome. it. Of <laughs> SOVHorror.com. I'm here with Christian. What's up? Of course. Uh, we're doing the video component, finally, that we've been talking about this whole time. So hopefully you enjoy our, our faces and stuff like that. Yeah, hopefully we're not too ugly. So. Yep. So welcome, Tony. How's it going? Oh, good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Of course thank you for taking the time I, I got to check out your website a little bit uh probably not as long as christian because he's known about it for quite a while but it goes really really in depth into uh, the whole subject that we're getting into tonight so i was very helpful especially for my last couple of days of research to have that as a resource so sobhorror.com yeah, and it's nice that you go from stuff from the 80s or stuff that's just coming out, you know, you just kind of touch on, like, everything, because it didn't just die, you know, it wasn't just the 80s and 90s, it was, like, still kept alive for a while, so. For sure, still going on today, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we just did a uh, Degenerates uh, recently, and that's technically an SOV, um, which is really cool that they kind of kept that around and did a fourth generation type bootlegging with it, and um, so, yeah, it's really cool that they're keeping that craft alive, for sure. Mm-hmm. Part of what we want to do tonight, too, since you're an expert on the subject, is kind of go over some things with you about different formats and mediums, because uh, there's a lot of confusion in this genre on what's actually yeah. shot on video or not. And right. It's good. Right. To, like, what eight millimeter is. <laughs> I don't like, want to be like the gatekeeper kind of guy that's like, oh, yeah, it's not SOV. Get the fuck out, you know, but it's going to be good to educate some people because my whole life I thought Dead Next Door was an SOV movie and... I got told it wasn't a couple of Yeah, ago, so. and I heard Truth and Dare might not be as well, and I no, want to ask about that. Yeah, and, and that's one of the ones I thought as well, you know, like, and it's just a lot of people do classify it as, um, I think it's just because a lot of the sequels that came out of it and stuff. So maybe the first question yeah. we can ask you is, what do you classify as an SOV horror? Uh, well, yeah. it's, it's kind of, I think over the years, it's kind of changed, at least to me. I mean, initially it was stuff that was shot on analog video equipment, so... You know, stuff that was either shot on like Hi8 cameras, DigiBeta, SVHS, any of those early formats. Uh, I mean, SOB Horror really kind of started in the 80s, you know, but then when we kind of started getting into the mini DV revolution of like the early 2000s, I still consider mini DV to be kind of in that SOV territory as well, because you were still seeing, to me, SOV kind of encompasses independent spirit. I mean, these are films made by fans. These are films... Yeah made typically for not a lot of money, uh, you know, with people's friends, what little resources they have, they can put together. Mm -hmm. And so the mini DV revolution, like that was really the first time that at post, you know, consumer video cameras coming out with mini DV, all of a sudden people had nonlinear editing and stuff like that, where people could actually, you could go buy a camera for 200 bucks. And at the time, you know, Windows had a movie making program, Mac had a movie making program. Mm -hmm. You could start making movies like right out of the box. And um, mm -hmm. so to me, like the mini DV was kind of like the last really generation of SOV for a while until SOV resurgence started happening. I mean, I've been a fan of these films since like the eighties, you know, when I first started seeing these types of movies. 
but you know more recently in the two i'd say around 2010 you know or so they started to get love and appreciation before that i mean i barely knew anyone who even liked any of these movies you know a lot of my friends even thought i was a freak for liking a lot of this stuff you know well there's a couple here and there like redneck zombies and stuff that people know about because those got pretty popular in horror circles and even even like early horror websites had stuff about um or uh, last broadcast would that be one too yeah, yeah. well that'd be mini dv but yeah oh, sure no, like a mini, mini dv for so sure we, yeah we didn't really do a lot of mini dv in our research anything anything we found out was shot on a digital like anything more than like videotape i guess mm-hmm. well we're uh, screening amityville vibrator and that's uh mini dv yeah. um which is gonna be cool but so we wanted to do like a second sov episode too which you're invited to come on as well and oh um we wanted we can get more into like some of that dv more stuff. into the separate formats and, and like yeah. some of the 2000 stuff too like that i don't know because who was who are we talking about eric stanzi um, yeah because some of his is like it's it's questionable whether it stands for all sov or not you know because he kind of came in that mix in digital and not digital you know yeah he mixed film and and you know video so yeah some of his stuff yeah but the, I guess the other point I wanted to make, uh, just to kind of wrap up what I was saying, though, was uh, pretty much the, was the third wave is what I call the third wave, which would be almost like 2010 Ford, where you started getting lots of uh, primarily younger filmmakers who were inspired by shot on video movies to pick up a camera and actually pick up analog cameras again. So people like Madeline Deering, a good friend of mine. Uh, she made a great movie called The Spirit Animal, which is a new SOV movie. Mm. And uh, and there's been a lot of other people who have done the same who are now like actually buying the old big bulky VHS cameras and shooting on VHS again because they like the aesthetic of it. It reminds them of their childhood and, and watching the mm-hmm. movies. I actually had a problem in college. I had to do a, a doc- well, I didn't have to, but I chose to do a documentary on a band I was on tour with. And I got banned from renting equipment from the from the li- the, the equipment loan, so I actually had to use a VHS camera. I was stuck with it, and back then, like in '07 or '08 or whatever, it wasn't as cool. But now I'm so happy I did it because my tour documentary has this VHS aesthetic to it. And so For sure, yeah, that's cool now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get st- people got stuck with that. Like it was kind of a. Uh, lower middle working class thing you just got stuck with a video camera so but that i mean that's why i shot with that stuff primarily as well as dv i mean i just bought my first hd camera this year (laughs) and i've been i've been making stuff for for 20 plus years now you know i just Mm -hmm. finally made the jump to hd and mainly just out of necessity because you can't find tapes much anymore. They're getting expensive. True, yeah. You know, it's almost easier to buy, you know, an HD camera than to buy a bunch of mini DV tapes and stuff like that, which is what I was previously shooting on. So um, what equipment yeah. are you using to get the footage from your um, video camera that you're – so you're filming onto a VHS tape? And then do you no add, no no uh, so 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 right now yeah. I mean I've I've filmed on various things so I've yeah. I've filmed on VHS I've filmed on oh, high okay. eight uh, I mean I've I've been making stuff you know since since I think I started my first probably short film I made was gosh I don't know probably late nineties ninety seven ninety eight ninety nine sometime around then um, and I think back then we were shooting on high eight cameras which is analog video 
Mm -hmm. and uh, slowly moved to mini DV. And I didn't leave mini DV, like I said, till just literally, I just shot my first thing in HD like a month ago. <laughs> Those are such a pain in the ass though, to get the footage off sometimes, like having to do the batch capture or did you do batch capture or did you like just get to the part you wanted and clip that and then get to the part you wanted? I'm old school. I capture the entire tape and I go through and I sub clip everything. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to editing. Yeah. So like I I'm that guy who's like watching the same five takes for an hour until I pick out the perfect take. Yeah. <laughs> and that mainly comes from necessity. I mean, when you're yeah. making these types of movies, these shot on video type movies, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people like them because they think they're bad movies. I mean, you have mm -hmm. to address the elephant in the room, which is that. A lot of people watch them because they think they're shitty movies. And right. so they go into it wanting to make in front of them, wanting to like riff them and do mystery science. Yeah. Them. And so being a filmmaker who works in that medium, it's like you really got your job cut out for you because you don't want to, you don't want people to make in front of your movie. You know, you're working yeah. hard on it. You're putting your money, your time, you know, as well as getting friends and other people involved, you know? So it's like, you know, I, I've always had a philosophy that I try to make the best movie I can with as little budget, little means that I have, but you know, other filmmakers I know, and I mean, and I'm not knocking anyone down who does this, but like some people go out and film a movie in a weekend, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me, I was talking a lot of this is like four days and like to shoot a lot of it. It was yeah. like, that's crazy. Right. I mean, I shot a trailer for the grind exploitation movie and um when i did that we shot over a hundred setups <laughs> we shot over a hundred setups for a trailer you know for for a fake trailer wow. and and i mean and and i think it took us about three months to film i mean over weekends and when we could get people i mm. i think there was like over 30 special effects shots in it like you know and and it's it's all about you know to me at least it's all about putting out the best product i can for fans of the genre and not giving people an easy way to make in fun of it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, some of it, is, it has some charm, like zombie ninety is just the dubbing just is awesome. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm glad they stuck with it and didn't lose it. And it was supposed to be a joke, but it's funny. Or some of these movies that you can tell were edited on like a VCR, their cuts are so rough that like when the scene starts, the people are still waiting for the director to say action or whatever, or like, or you see that, that rainbow line going through the tape, you know, on the yeah, cut, yeah. then, yep. you know, they really edited on the VCR. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Or some, something on the top, like some, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I was watching quad ed zone today. We were cramming the last couple of days. So oh, nice. Like a lot of what we've, a lot of what we've seen is, is over our lives, but then like, I think a huge chunk was in the last week or so. So, nice. yeah, and there's just so much of it too, and you just don't realize. Because I was just looking through lists, like realizing like things I didn't realize were SOB. Mm -hmm. uh, just going through, it was like, oh shit, that's an SOB. That's cool. Yeah. Um, like I uh, up earlier, there's there's so many misconceptions of what's SOV and what's not SOV. Yeah, you know, and uh, I admit it, it's difficult. You know, even for me, I've I've been a huge fan of the genre for years now. And every so often I run across one where I scratch my head too. I'm like, oh, I can't yeah. really tell. Well, some are like what not... happen is like you guys mentioned, like, for example, Dead Next Door or even uh, Truth or Dare. And I don't think either of those quite fit in this. Uh, but movies I, I know, like, uh, I believe, uh, what's that? Hollow Gate. I'm pretty sure this one was an example is it's shot on film. So they shoot on like, but low end film. So eight millimeter, 16 millimeter. 
but then they post on video. So when they edit, they mm-hmm. post on video, which helps it almost give it that video frame look because you're now going to 2997 frames per second. So would that so, be like a projector on the wall of their um basically No, so they get the they get the footage telesyn, so they get the <laughs> footage telesyn transferred to typically some type of uh analog media of the time. So whether it's like a D1 tape, a digi beta tape, you know, a 3 quarter inch tape and then they would go there and they'd edit from that, you know, mm-hmm. because it's a lot cheaper to edit the video than the film, you know, than actually going in there and cutting up the film and splicing yeah. the film. It's they messy. would just transfer the whole entire thing and then edit it in video. Because especially the low budget stuff, they knew they're going straight to video. They knew they were never mm-hmm. going to go to theaters like, they, you know, so they didn't need to make a theatrical print. There's no point in it. Mm-hmm. They're not going to play theaters. So you know, straight to video was kind of the, the game in the late 80s, early 90s, you know? Yeah. And was Killing Spray one of those ones that wasn't? Because that's one of the ones I was yeah, pushing that's 16, on. Yeah, that's 16 millimeter. Yeah. Okay. Because that's another one that kind of gets thrown in somehow. Yeah. Um, and what abomination. about Boarding House? Because um, I keep hearing that shot on video, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah. So Boarding House was shot on video. Boarding House is the rare example of a movie that was shot on video and then transferred to film. so it was actually transferred to film and then they they did a theatrical run and so technically it's the first shot on video movie that probably played in theaters Mm -hmm. which is kind of an interesting fact but i actually saw a print of it and there was like there was a lot of film grain so i was like this is shot on video and i was i mean my brain wasn't quite like understanding like the different Mm -hmm. formats back then but because it was like 10 years ago or something but i just you might have saw a film print of it which is pretty cool uh I, I think though they recently finally put out a version with the film print. I had only seen the video version, you know, on VHS. I still have my VHS copy right over here. Yeah, yeah they, the original is like a two two and a half hours, right? And then it gets cut like a whole. No, hour the original cut. actually. So no, there's some misconceptions with Boarding House too. So long story short, Boarding House was I think it's about a 90 minutes movie. The original film, maybe a little longer. It definitely wasn't two and a half hours. 98 minutes. What happened? was when Slacker Video re-released the movie on DVD, they did a director's cut of the movie. The director went in there and did a director's cut, and he added in a ton of extra footage that was cut originally from the film, which made it two and a half hours long. And that director's cut is, I mean, I'm a fan of the movie. I like the movie, but like that director's cut, I will never watch that again. (laughs) See, when I saw it, stuff that should be edited. When I saw it, I think that's the version I saw because (laughs) every time that it would cut back to that computer typing where it's like, the whole audience would go, oh, because they all (laughs) thought it was over. (laughs) Yeah. It's, nope, one it's, more hour. <laughs> a, I think a cut down version of that would be a fun movie, but I think the one I saw was it was slog. But yeah, I recommend people. I, I think I think there was a new release of that recently that had the the original VHS version on there as well. So mm-hmm. for people to check that out, yeah. And also, Revenge is in um, is an SOV, right? That was shot in six, uh, sixteen Revenge, millimeter. Revenge is sixteen millimeter, but Blood yeah. Cult was shot on video. Yeah. So. But that's why a lot of people think it is because it's a sequel to it thinking it's yeah. an sov for some reason and the ripper the middle one was that um that's sov as well so yeah okay. united home video they did a lot of sov stuff they're kind of one of the first companies that really embraced that you know they put out blood cult 
which was kind of at the time was marketed. It's not the first SOV, but they marketed it that way. You know, they were like the first movie made strictly for the home video audience, you mm-hmm. know. Actually, I have the poster right here in my office for that movie. (laughs) I only got to see a couple parts of Blood Cult. I want to watch the whole thing before our next SOV episode. But it looks like it looked like I saw the cafeteria scene, and I was like, (laughs) one of the better scenes. Yeah, I was like, this looks like uh, one of those like like uh, educational videos that they show you out of school. Like it's like the cinematographer they hired was like used to doing commercial videos or something. No, Tina, (laughs) don't do it, Tina. Well, I think a lot of people involved were probably, you know, were probably from that type of background. You know, I've, I've uh, talked and interviewed Christopher Lewis, the director of that movie. And yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the talent who was involved in that was just kind of local Oklahoma talent. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie was shot in Oklahoma City, I believe. So, or Tulsa, one of the two. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to watch the whole thing, though. It looks ridiculous. It's it, if you know it's it's fun it's fun it's it's a little more you know tame compared to some yeah, movies. Yeah. It doesn't you know, have as much splatters. Like some of these no, movies. not as much splatter. And, and the thing about a movie like Blood Cult and and you know, is Blood Cult's an example of a movie that was. I mean, the guy who made Blood Cult, Christopher Lewis, really nice guy, cool guy. He actually went to film school with George Lucas, which is kind of a funny story, but. Um, he, uh, you know, he was a, pretty much a hired gun by United Home Video to make this movie. He wasn't a horror fan or anything. You know, his mom was actually a very famous actress named Loretta Young, who was really big back in the 50s and 60s. But um, he, uh, you know, he was kind of a hired gun. He didn't really want to quite make a horror movie, but he was hired to make it, you know. Where a lot of SOV, the ones I really love the most are the ones that are made by people who really wanted to make those movies, you know, people like we mentioned earlier, Tim Ritter, you know, the Polonia brothers, people like this, who, you know, they made these movies because they actually really wanted to. Where I feel like Blood Cult, that was made as a product. That was made to sell video cassettes, you know, where that's kind of one thing that's why I love SOV to me is like, these are movies made by fans who have a passion, who really want to tell a story, who want to do, you know, want to create art. Whereas, you know, it's different than the Hollywood system. Like I've worked in the Hollywood system and the Hollywood system is all about money, 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 money. You know, these mm-hmm. people don't give a flying fuck. Sorry, excuse my language. I don't know if I can cuss oh, you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you can fuck but, uh, This is extreme don't give a damn podcast. about making a good movie. They really don't, you know. It's, it's all about how many butts can we get in the theater, you know, how many tickets can we sell. So, you know, and I don't want to discourage, like I said, a blood cold or Christopher Lewis. He's a great guy and it's a great film. But, you know, um, to me, there's kind of two camps of SOP. You got your movies that are made strictly just to make money. And then you have your movies that are actually made by in a sense alters and visionaries who actually want to tell some kind of story you know so what do you think about the ripper then since tom savini doesn't like is embarrassed by that film <laughs> yeah tom savini hates that movie which makes me like it more because <laughs> any, anyone who's met tom savini knows the guy's kind of not very nice to his fans takes himself right. really seriously yeah, yeah. but uh a teacher on i mean but <laughs> I, I met him a few times he was never nice to me so i don't oh, really <laughs> i don't feel bad saying that but, um, and I'm pretty sure I probably mentioned the Ripper. It probably did not help. <laughs> well, was he like, yeah. was there something about him being tricked into making or being in that film? Cause he thought it was something else, like another project. And then I'm not sure about that. The, all I know is, is originally they had hired him, you know, just to do a few days and, and, and he shot a few days 
And they did that typical Roger Corman thing where you shoot a big actor for a couple days and you sprinkle it throughout the film to make it seem like they're the star. Uh, you know, so I don't think I don't th I don't think Savini originally thought he was probably going to be plastered all over the poster and all that stuff. You know, right. maybe that maybe that has something to do with his disdain for that film. Did you get to uh, see? Personally, I think that's I think that film's actually a lot of fun. It's a little over long. I mean, uh, once again, they could have cut fifteen minutes out of that movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, but it's got some great gore. The story's kind of fun. I mean, I, I think it's well executed. I, I really enjoy the Ripper. Did you get to see that music video they did for it? The music. I think I have seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's been it's a long time. Really I think it was on the, like, the DVD they put out on it. <laughs> yeah, they were using like it looked like one of those like public access TV editing suites to like do all the oh, transitions the video and stuff. Yeah, for but sure. I remember the director because I watched some of the features about that, and the director was just like, "It did really well in Japan. They just love that music video. I don't know why." <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> That's funny. Such a random um, thing to do well over there. <laughs> Well, I definitely think like one of the biggest labels that I'm a big fan and they get into, like I think most people know, is like the Camp Motion video. Um, I think they kind of became like a big staple um, and like in releases. I mean, you got you know, Video Violence, Spider Farm, uh, Cannibal Camp Out. Yeah, there, there's just so many good legendary stuff. Um, I even loved like the basement. It was like almost like, you know, Tales from the Crypt, but done in SOV, you know. Um, I like that a whole bit. Oh, gotcha. So, so you're talking. Sorry, you're talking camp motion pictures. So oh, make pictures. Sorry. So that was that was the DVD company by yeah. Mike Grasso. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were talking about actual camp video, which also. Oh no no no! Oh list. sorry no no no! There's camp motion. Yeah, camp yeah. motion. Yeah. Yeah. No. Camp motion picture release any camp video movies. Yeah, so so yeah, so so camp video well, cannibal camp out and stuff. Yeah. yeah, no camp video originally put out video violence one and two. They also put out Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, uh, quite a few different movies, some Ray Dennis Steckler films, a uh, Death Row Diner, which is another really cool SOV, and then uh, Camp Motion Pictures, which is run by the guys who did Alternative Cinema, EI, Pop Cinema. They have fifty names. <laughs> oh yeah, they started uh, Camp Motion Pictures and started re-releasing all that stuff on DVD. Which, uh, I mean, to us fans, it was like, wow, you can get video violence on DVD now? You yeah. Know? yeah. And I used to have that. You know, a lot of this stuff was was getting released again and after being out of print for years. I mean, yeah, we were all stoked to, you know, be able to own the Zombie Bloodbath trilogy, you know? On... No, I saw on eBay. I saw on eBay that video violence sold for like $400 on the original VHS just recently. I was like, that's crazy. It's oh, like, ridiculous with the VHS costs. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, when I was buying these, you know, you could buy video violence for like 15 bucks, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're so expensive now. Or I mean, I, 25 cents if you found the right pawn shop. I'll show you guys this one. I, I, pull it out I bought a whole box of like the rarest tapes you I could ever you think of. This it's probably my rarest tape I own, so... Oh, like, nice. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how those go up to. Now, now they go is, to, like, a couple thousand. This is a thousand. shrink wrap copy, too. Oh, nice. nice. So, I, I actually worked on... It's still shrink wrap? DVDs for that, yeah. Wow. I worked on... So, I worked with uh, Massacre Video. I uh, co-produced and... Edited uh, the Tales from the Quad Ed Zone, uh, Return of the Quad Ed Zone documentary that's on those DVD sets. Oh, okay. So, uh, which was really cool. You know, that's actually how I got that. Is Lewis sent me a copy of that. So, 
Yeah, I have that, that dual that. thing that they came out with with the uh, Black Doll, uh, Devil Doll from Hell and then and that's that one. one yeah. That, yeah, that one's awesome. I love that set. It's a cool set. I also have that big box. I think you can kind of see it back there. It's like the basement VHS combination. Mm -hmm. Yep. But that one's really cool. But Yeah, basement. the basement, that was a cool box set too because <laughs> they put out some cool SOB. It, obviously, basement's not SOB, but that was the first release of that. And it's a cool mm -hmm. movie. I really like that movie. But then yeah. they put, what was it? Uh, that was the first time they released Captives on DVD. Yeah, I know. Captives Jerry Cohen, cool. yeah, from the video violence guy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, that was the first time I ever saw Captives because, you know, you would, aka Mama's Home for people who know it under that title. Yeah. And, I mean, because that VHS was, like, so rare. I never saw that. I've never heard of that movie. Here. What's it about? Um, It's pretty much about, you know, uh, this family who – I don't want to say too much. You got to watch the movie. It's actually pretty good. And it's the guy that did video violence. It's a video violence guy. Yeah. Is it, it, as it has up as that movie? That's why I don't want to really say much because I, I think you should check it out. It's a fun movie. It's in that basement set. Yeah. I'll let you borrow it. I was going to say earlier, like video violence and a few other ones in these SOV movies, they really take it to extremes. Some of them before like extreme horror was even that big. And cause I feel like extreme horror got pretty big in the nineties. It's, in the 80s you had stuff like necromantic and a few random things from germany and stuff but mm -hmm. to see like american uh sov movies like video violence and splatter farm that take it that extra step and add weird taboo subjects like snuff mm -hmm. and incest and have splatter sure. and, and actual entrails and yeah and stuff like those movies have a really dark and cruel feel to it that I love. Um, yeah, like Todd Sheets and like when his yeah. early stuff. I mean, and he kind of stopped doing the whole video stuff and doesn't, you know, claim it as much as he used to. But kind of wish he did, though. Some of that other stuff is really cool, the 90s stuff. We're actually about to put out one of Todd Sheets' first movies he ever made called Misty Darkness. It's actually going to be coming out in March. Um, and it was made in, uh, I think he started in 86, finished in around 88 and oh, cool. um and so we're about to put that out he actually had to revamp it a little bit to uh, kind of fill it out a little bit but uh yeah we're releasing that soon and 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 i kind of agree what you're talking about with extreme cinema and shot on video and it, it goes back to that you know what i love about sovs is it's batshit crazy you know you can do anything in sov because these guys didn't have producers breathing down their necks mm -hmm. they didn't have you know you know people telling you you can't do that these guys are doing whatever the hell they wanted to do and you know we're all horror fans here i mean let's face it what do horror fans a lot of us like we like the red stuff you know <laughs> we like the blood the gore the entrails and all the the squishy stuff and and we like disturbing content sometimes as well you know so uh the sov guys for sure were like pioneers in in, in you know that type of movement you know and I think a lot of people today, obviously, were probably really influenced by work of like Todd Sheets and the Polonia Brothers and, uh, you know, Andre Schnoss and people like that, you know. Mm -hmm. The Oven, Oven Bakken, whatever his name is. Olaf Oven and Doc, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's yeah. a good past and um, Burning, Burning Moon. Moon. Yeah, Burning Moon is classic. That hell scene at the end of Burning Moon is legendary. Like, you know, I remember the first time I saw the trailer for that movie, The Burning Moon. I think it was I rented some other uh, Dead Alive release, mm -hmm. and I don't remember which one. Maybe Mister Ice Cream Man or something like that. And it had the trailer I still see that for for the Burning <laughs> Moon on it. And 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 the trailer mainly features you know the goriest scenes, including the hell scene parts. Yeah. And you're just like, 
I mean, at the time, as like a 12 or 13 year old, it was like, I've never seen anything this crazy in my entire life, you know? And then you see the movie and you go, oh, it's, well, it's not as crazy as the trailer makes it out to be, but it's, you know, and that's good editing, but uh, yeah, it's still a cool movie. I, I dig that one too. It's a fun flick for sure. Yeah. It really like, you could really just rewatch the end over mm-hmm. and over again, but the whole movie is cool. There's a few cool yeah, kills. For sure. But once you get to that end, it's just like almost feels like you're watching a gore mixtape because it's just a whole bunch of it's just a hellscape. Yeah. When I'd say movies like that helped invent the gore mixtape. I mean, that's why people started making those things was was to share scenes like the hell scene from Burning Moon and, you know, like crazy scenes from like violent (laughs) shit and stuff like that, you know, because I I know people have gotten way more obscure with stuff now. They're Mm -hmm. like all in every german and dutch and every russian yeah, weird no, war flick they can find now but uh you know back then that was kind of it you know <laughs> i definitely made some gore mixtapes myself when i was a teenager for sure yeah. oh i saw i want to take some part from a uh, satan storybook just because of the whole clown hell stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> that but... movie's so fun it's so bonkers <laughs> That, yeah. that movie's a great example of uh you know uh, people doing way too much cocaine <laughs> <laughs> i know i don't i saw a lot of references to cocaine and a lot of sov it's always so funny i guess yeah no that's the 80s for you, you know? yeah true that yeah <laughs> no true that no even like i like all the anthologies I, there's definitely some a few like satan's place the soap mm-hmm. opera for hell that one's like a great one mm-hmm. um I'm trying to remember some other i mean we talked about uh basement but that's technically not SOV you're saying but but yeah is there any other uh, anthologies you can think of I think oh, gosh, I know there's a few I know you come out with a few because you did a lot of segments for um a lot of yours yeah I've, I've done quite a few uh myself um some of my other favorites though just anthologies just off the top of my head is um gosh what the fuck is it, uh, is it uh prince uh uh gosh uh, pieces of darkness um that one's great uh, i'm looking over here some of my vhs yeah. um you, you know the uh the creature realm movies those were a lot of fun kevin Lindenmuff. i mean that guy was like the king of 90s anthologies that's pretty much mainly what he produced and uh, yeah. he did a lot of cool stuff with people like ron ford and tim ritter joe sherlock um you know a lot of those types of guys um but yeah i mean the the horror anthology is a staple you know I mean, for me, the reason I did a lot of anthology work is I was, you know, my, my first, so the first like real thing I did that was actually like released, that wasn't just something for me and my friends as I worked on, I directed a short for the movie High Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and long story short, they had seven people and they wanted eight. And I, like the kid in the back of the hand, class, you know, hey guys, let me do one. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And so, yeah, yeah I got to make this uh short called the tape which is pretty much my love letter to shot on video movies but as well i try to put social commentary about modern horror fans modern horror collectors i mean i try to put a little bit in there but we shot primarily on dv but some of that on hiate as well you know and and that 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 was a lot of fun you know so that was kind of like the beginning and after that people just started hitting me up hey tony can you direct a short for this hey can you do this for this and so I inadvertently started making, you know, short films for people. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to see that. Hi, eight. I think I've seen the cover like on Tubi or something. Or 
Yeah, I think it's it's around Wild Eye put it out. You know, you can probably find it on Tubi, Amazon Prime, you know. Cool. I'll, I'll be honest, uh, my short, uh, along with some of the other people's shorts, were tinkered with by producers. No. So I don't want to say much more than that. <laughs> but, but, but the version of my short on there is not my director's cut. I'll just say that. Okay. Yeah, I heard Wild Eye does that a lot. They're not usually happy with the, sometimes the cuts of Wild Eye, but... Yeah. yeah. I was very happy though to be a part of that and and to you know get my work out there. So I, I mean I don't want to discourage the film or mm-hmm. anyone involved with the film. I mean I was very fortunate to be part of it. Yeah, for it's, sure. I just it's wish pretty... people could have seen my vision that yeah. I had because you know, long story short, there there were some music changes and stuff like that that just really changed the mood of my piece. Wow. Yeah, okay. I can see that though. Yeah, yeah. too bad. So one of the ones I, I saw uh, in this whole watching through, and I'm glad that I did, was Death Nurse. Um, it's such a, it's weird that it's like people are like, is it the same like you know criminally insane? Is like, is that part of the? Are they are they're not? They're like not the same movie, but they but you see the movie no, but like in the there. Same credits. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just cheap editing. I mean, more than anything, it's just like I'm. Uh, I need to extend this out a little bit. Let's just make her have dreams over and over. <laughs> Nick Millard, A.K. Nick Phillips. I mean that that guy is. You know, I can't talk much about him because he's already threatened to sue me once. So. Oh, what? Oh. Okay. <laughs> but uh, y- you know, he's quite the character, and uh, his movies are definitely weird as shit. I'll say that. I mean, Deaf Nurse One and Two. And then uh, some of his other movies, you know, he did stuff that's not just SOB, you know, stuff like yeah. Black Wedding and stuff like that. But uh, he was quite a character, you know, that guy. And I had, I had some conversations with him and, you know, I'm guessing it's maybe because he was getting older that maybe he, you know, I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't say much more. I don't want to get sued. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll just fill in the blanks. But his movies are definitely interesting. I would say this, though, like, honestly, uh, you know, his movies are good for if you want to like if you have a lot of beer if you don't have a lot of beer you probably want to skip them uh yeah i don't yeah they're not for everybody i i definitely i could definitely say that but i think i think (laughs) yeah death nurse is worth a watch though (laughs) i actually saw them when i had a lot to drink and i don't remember them quite a while ago that's the best way to watch it yep i just uh remember a big lady that's all i remember big lady with a butcher knife or something yeah, and the acting's uh, interesting for sure. <laughs> so, no, back... another one. Oh, go, oh, go ahead. You can go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say uh, back to the Polonia brothers. Um, Splatter Farm was no. something that I saw way back in the day and owned a copy and sold it. Like, I sold all my stuff, but uh, that one I think is just really, really, really special because it's just, it's just got this weird vibe to it with that whole the grandma and the the gardener and you know and you find out what the, what's the deal with the corpses and stuff and i don't want to give that away because it's just a funny yeah um but yeah anything else from the polonia brothers that you'd recommend uh, yeah i mean i personally i'm a huge fan of most of their early work i mean even some of their newer stuff is pretty cool but uh i prefer the early stuff as well uh some of my favorites are the feeders movies actually feeders mm-hmm. one and two absolutely love both of those movies second one's a christmas Fe- movie right i watch feeders too every christmas it's yeah. a family tradition in my house and uh my whole family gets tortured with feeders too every year and uh <laughs> that's funny 
But uh, yeah, big Polonia brothers fan. I mean, those guys are a great example. I mean, those guys let nothing stop them from making movies. I think it's the movie. One of my favorite examples of that is I think it's, it's either Nightcrawlers or uh, gosh, what's the other one? Sometimes I get these movies confused. You know, there's so many of them. But there's one, and in the opening, it's like a shower scene, you know, and you kind of see the silhouette of the shower, and it's implied it's supposed to be a woman showering. But then at one point, they kind of show it, and it's obviously one of the brother's legs, like literally being the body double for a fake woman because they didn't have a woman to be in the scene. <laughs> that's funny. And I mean, that's the kind of shit I love about SOV so much is like, you know what? We don't have a girl to be in the movie. Fuck it. We're going to do it anyway. We'll find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I did the same thing in one of my short films, uh, Cannibal Vampire Cargo Hookers from Outer Space, the first one. I didn't have girls who would get naked in my movie. So I threw a wig on one of my good friends. I shot him from behind going like this. And people thought it was a girl having sex. I mean, and it totally worked. You know? no, one, no one was the wiser until I told him, oh, that's that's my buddy Matt. And the goal. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. That's but you know, funny. it's 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 the not giving up on your vision, no matter what yeah. it is. You know, and that's what I love about the Polonia brothers is even if you know those guys are so ambitious with their movies. I mean, how many SOV filmmakers are like, I'm going to make a space movie. <laughs> I have no money, but I'm going to make a space movie. And this is before like real CGI and shit like that. You know, like this is real primitive technology. I mean, talk about balls to make a movie like that for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, it's amazing. There was some visual effects, but <laughs> for sure, but they yeah. were <laughs> very, very interesting. CG. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I love those like because I'm kind of person that like I'm kind of picky about CGI. Sometimes I can. Sure. I'm fine with it, especially early 2000 CGI. It's awful, but when it's that amateur looking, I love it. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen like those. Um, I think it's from like the Ugandan like remakes of uh, of like American films. They have like yeah, I've seen them. The CGI cut in, it's awesome. Yeah, the so, Terminators are great. They're just yeah. Yeah, they're really over top. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I used to work in visual effects, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on CGI myself. I mean, I've, I've done that stuff for quite a few people's movies and stuff, but yeah. I've n- I'm proud to say I've never put CGI in any of my stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I get its place, but, uh, you know, for someone like me, I'm like kind of like you, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I think it, it especially I mean, me. like I, so I'll give you guys a great example. So like, you know, I was working I used to work for a 3D conversion company and we would convert all these big Hollywood movies to 3D, you know. And so like I worked on things like Transformers, Man of Steel, Spider-Man, a whole bunch of stuff like that. And like, for example, I remember in Man of Steel, like we're working on Man of Steel and we're getting in all the various plates for man of steel and superman's cape is like always fake and i'm like why the fuck can't they just put a cape on the actor like you literally can't just buy a cape and put a fucking cape on the guy i mean you know like they they have to you know we'll we'll just fix it in post and that's hollywood's attitude a lot of times Mm -hmm. is like oh we'll fix it in post i can't tell you guys how many times i worked on documentary films put out by bbc that are supposed to be real movies, you know, real documentaries of nature. It's not real guys. Mm-hmm. They put CG in there. They augment that stuff. Like it's, it's entertainment, you know? And yeah. uh, well, I, 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 personally, I believe in like, you know, make it right the first time you shouldn't have to fix it in post. I mean, 
Obviously, it's, maybe sometimes you should if it's really bad going and fix it, but you know. I'm sure they CG the shit out of every game show, every reality show. I mean, just touching up people's makeup and and Mm -hmm. posts is just, yeah, yeah, people are very sloppy. Taking out wrinkles, yep. You hear a lot about it from anyone that's like even PAs or or like people have just had small parts on film sets or just like they just say everything in post, like so lazy and just like. I remember working, we were working on a Nicolas Cage movie and you got the first shot. And then you get the revised shot where they painted out the wrinkles and gave him more hair and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, made him made him taller. movie dar, yeah. That's funny. You know, that's what's kind of nice about like the SOV. I mean, they, they still you still can. Because yeah, um, I, I remember one of the interviews you talk about something about them uh, doing CGI roaches in it instead of using the like the body uh, mm-hmm. people instead. You know, it's like yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, the scavengers, see. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I used to funny. joke around about my friend about how movies would just put like totally arbitrary objects in the background, like a toothbrush and a toothbrush holder, um, and call that the remastered version, <laughs> even though all it was was a CGI <laughs> toothbrush got put sure. in. Sure, was like that. What was that? The first big one was when they took out the guns in ET or something mm-hmm. and gave them walkie talkies. So like, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so a uh, little bit of local history around where Christian and I live, Olympia, Washington is... Oh, wow. I didn't know you guys were from Olympia. Okay. Yeah. I know some people out there. Cool. So that's where uh, Matt Jazel and Todd Scherzlin put together the Necrophile mm-hmm. series as Necrophile. well as Great. the Faces of Gore um, interludes mm-hmm. at the cemetery. is like That's right in between where Christian and I live is that cemetery. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're trying to get Todd on the show, but he's impossible to get a hold of nowadays. <laughs> So if you got any leads on that, help me out. You might go to get Matt. I've 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 been talking to Matt, Matt lately about Matt's going to be on so. the show in a couple of weeks, I think. Nice, uh, cool, cool, cool. When his work permits it, so that'll be exciting. Um, but yeah, what do you think about Necrophiles and like and those movies? Because that's another extreme horror film. And I love Necrophiles. I, yeah, the first, baby is great. <laughs> I think like most people, I saw the ad in Fangoria. They had a full page ad wow. for Necrophiles with um uh faces of gore and it was i think it was like 30 or 40 bucks buy both videos for 40 bucks and i remember ordering both videos sending in the money mail order and it never got my videos <laughs> i never got them and like a lot of time goes by probably like a year or so and because this is still before internet was like in everyone's home and stuff you know this is like you're doing mail order you know what i mean <laughs> and so but then when internet started to become a thing, I literally reached out to those guys and I said, Hey, I ordered these a long time ago and I never got them. And they were so cool. They fucking sent them to me. Like, yes. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they ever got my money or what, you know what I mean? But like, mm-hmm. they were cool enough to send me the movies, you know, I, I, they could have thought, you know, I don't know if someone would have hit me up about that. I would maybe think they're full of shit. I don't know. You know? Yeah. But they were cool. They sent me the movies. And I love, I, I love, uh, I love necrophiles. It's so much fun. I mean, when you first see that baby rise from the grave, yeah. you know, you're sold from there on. I mean, it's such a fun movie. And even, even just a zombie with a big dick, you know, yeah, just the whole thing. The dick, yeah. yeah. And the premise, I mean, yeah, there's some like, there's some schlocky parts in there, but I mean, as a, as a hour and a half long movie, I mean, it's coherent and it, it's like, oh, well, it's well, very well, yeah. well edited and the acting is really hammy, and, but it's perfect. Those actors that play the mm-hmm. cops are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into Necrophiles too, real quick though. Did, did you watch yeah, that, Christian? Sure. 
I actually didn't get to see that. I didn't see Necros too. Um, that was like literally just a compilation of stuff that Todd Churslin was putting together for like a like a compilation for something different. It just featured the zombie, and it's like that's why it kind of has this like weird almost anthology. You're like, yeah, what is it, what is up with that movie? Was that was that Matt Jazel that did that or? You know, I have, I, I, so I've got like the German DVD of that from years ago. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember like originally, like when I first started watching that, like a girl's masturbating in the beginning and it's almost pornographic. Yeah. The whole thing. I remember, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I remember just being like, wow. You know, cause that was one of the first times I saw that in a horror film as well. Mm-hmm. Like, oh wow. There's like full on, you know, vagina in this movie. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen it since in a long time though. I need to rewatch that one. It was it a lot of fun. I was disappointed. It kind of felt like a like a almost like a compilation of Billy Bub movies or something. It was just uh, oh, wow. didn't, it didn't really have, <laughs> didn't really have the story that the first one had. The cops show up for a little bit, but it is also interesting because there are more shots from our town in that movie, and a couple hmm. people I know are in that one. So it's just those movies are just classic. Did it have like three hours slow motion? They they made a they made a part three, which is all dolls. See, yeah, puppets and dolls. (laughs) Yeah, he he sent me a copy of that recently. Necrophiles three thousand, I think. Yeah, Necrophiles three thousand. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. I haven't heard of that. I'll just check that out. Matt Matt Jazel did a few video movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them were a few of them were shot in our town. He did Anti Hero, which was a cop. Did you ever see that one? It was like. No, not cop. A superhero movie. Superheroes, yeah, that's yeah, superheroes. Yeah. Like kind of like a, a vigilante superhero kind of. But I mean, they're almost like an old Batman and Robin duo. They mm-hmm. even have like a yeah. So that one's kind of fun to watch them kind of acting like superheroes around our town. Um, he did a couple before that that I don't think they were shot on video. They were actually shot on film, like Legion of that, the Dead that, and no, Legion of the Dead. Yeah, and um, which is cool. Have you ever seen that? I've not seen Legion. I know of that one. Yeah, oh, I need to see that. I need to remedy it. <laughs> it's like, I think he was inspired a little bit by a Giver. It was like, so he was mm. trying to do this, like, almost putting in, you know, cyberpunk elements into it and stuff. Right. It's a good one. I would check that out, but not yeah, SOB, cool. but yeah. Yeah. Another label that put out quite a bit was uh, Massacre. Um, definitely like 555, Venus Flytrap. Um, mm-hmm. like and Demon Queen was SOB too, right? Demon Queen, yep. Donald yeah. Farmer's first movie, yep. Yeah, that's definitely some classic stuff. Um, what other some good labels? And Intervision does some good releases, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the, I think the big one in the room we haven't mentioned yet would be Assault City Home Video, aka SRS Cinema, um, Ron Bonk's company, yeah. I mean, he, that guy has been putting out SOV. Sada Master, right, yeah. He's been putting out stuff since the 90s. I mean, he's put out so many movies. And I mean, I mean, he was the one who originally put out the Tim Ritter stuff. Um, you know, gosh, he's put out so many movies. You know, I start to get confused or something. Right. <laughs> and he's still doing it today, you know. And uh, Ron Bonk is so cool. Really nice guy. When I started SOV Horror, uh, I was talking to Ron Bonk, you know, and he gave me so much good advice and uh, was just really cool. I mean, I can't thank Ron Bonk enough for what he did to kind of help me out um, when I was getting started. You know, he put out some of our early releases on VHS and stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Intervision, like you said, that's another one. Uh, they put out some cool SOV stuff. Um, what about Warlock? Isn't that one? Warlock. So, yeah, we, we've we released uh, six of the Warlock movies. So we what, what have we they released done? six of those. 
And uh, that was a company ran by uh, Chris Seaver. And uh, he started that in like the, I think that was around 2010. And that was kind of like a uh, throwback to SOV movies. So what oh. he was doing was he was shooting new SOV movies, but giving them that 80s aesthetic. And uh, those movies are a fucking blast. I mean, we put out the first six releases of theirs are on our label right now. You can get those at SOVHorror.com. I mean, what are how they can called? you go what? wrong with a movie like Death of Lantern or The Dingleberries? Oh, like, yeah, I've seen okay. Dingleberries. Dingleberries is funny. I've, I've seen the covers DVD. for those. Yeah. 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 I mean, some people would maybe say the covers are better than the movies, but personally, I love the movies. I think the movies are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, not yeah, everyone the is this type of humor, <laughs> but I, I think I think I think Chris Seaver is a great filmmaker. <clears throat> I love his stuff. It's a lot of fun. Those movies. It's the critters with pieces of poop. Why can't you go wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> who doesn't love critters, and who can't get into talking space turds? You know. <laughs> That's yeah, I know for sure. Another good guy is uh, uh, Donald Farmer. Um, Farmer, yep. He's like he's mm-hmm. a good like Cannibal Hookers. Um, yep. You know, and Savage Vengeance. Which is funny that like uh, Kamal Keaton. That was like her last film for a while. Like she didn't do anything for like seventeen years or something like mm-hmm. that. After doing that, um, Savage Vengeance is great. Gosh, what a fun movie that is! And and Donald Farmer actually acts in that and steals the show. He's so good in that one. Yeah. My favorite Donald Farmer movie, though, I heard is coming out on Vinegar Syndrome soon, which is uh, Red Lips. Uh, it uh Getty Chasen, who was in uh, Garotica and oh, Horror okay. Girl, and, as well as Michelle Bauer, who's everyone knows Michelle Bauer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that, that one's really great. It's kind of like a lesbian vampire movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. Probably, in my opinion, one of his best SOV movies for sure. Yeah, no, like you mentioned, uh, like um, some of the other ones, but Gorgasm and Gore Horror, and like I love all those. Those are so Duke good. Gallagher, yeah, yeah. Those are, you know, people <laughs> ask me sometimes who's my favorite director of shot on video movies, and I always say Hugh Gallagher. Like, yeah, Dead Silence isn't mentioned in that much. Is that SOV or is? Yes. So Dead Silence is to... SOV. You know, Dead Silence is one of those weird ones because that one was like super hard to find for years, yeah. and actually, I, I. I literally dead silence it, yeah. is the reason i started my my company yeah so it's, it's really a funny story i mean the way i started my company was i was you know working on this documentary about shot on video horror films and i was direct uh interviewing the director of things jay wolfel who also did demonic his demon yeah, yeah, was... transfer six a whole bunch of stuff really cool really cool guy and i'm, I'm interviewing him we're just kind of shooting the shit afterwards and you know, just talking about stuff. And I mentioned like, oh yeah, I still like VHS and all that. And he's like, oh, well, I got some tapes, you know, if you maybe want some tapes, you, you know, can you transfer some of these for me? I was like, oh, sure. And so it gives me like a box of tapes of old tapes. And on one of them, I see dead silence written on it. And at the time, like I'm such a huge Hugh Gallagher fan. I'd heard of the movie, but I'd never seen it. You know, mm-hmm. so it wasn't out on DVD or anything <clears throat> like that. The VHS, I don't even know if it was released on VHS or really released well on VHS because I never saw a copy and uh but this tape had dead silence on it but right before dead silence was a, a was something called metal nor mm. and I'd never heard of metal nor before so I'm like oh screw it I'll watch metal nor before I watch dead silence and lo and behold metal nor I fell in love with that movie and that ended up being our first release because mm-hmm. I watched metal nor and I said oh my god this movie's amazing and I was just going to write a review on my website you know and I, I was trying to look up information and I found I was never released. And I'm like, why is this movie never released? This is such an awesome movie. I mean, it 
it's literally like Hellraiser meets Trick or Treat meets, uh, you know, I don't know, crazy batshit SOV movie. I mean, it's such a cool movie. And, uh, you know, Hugh Gallagher actually worked on that movie. So the director of Gorgasm, Gorhor, Gorotica, he was the DP on the film. And um, I've never even heard of Metal Noir before. Yeah, I got yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, I didn't pick up. To be honest, there's a lot of yours I'm, I'm, I'm meaning to get through. I just cool. haven't gotten a... And, uh, and it, it was one of those, you know, um, it had just never really gotten a proper release. The company that had licensed it from the director uh, actually like fell apart right after they licensed it. So it never got released. And so I hit up the director and was like, hey, you know, I really love the movie. I'd love to help get it out there. And so we put out his movie and that was our first release. That's SOB Horror number one. And since then, I've, I'm about to hit next month. Actually, not next month. The following month, I'll be releasing my 50th movie. Oh, awesome. So, cool. You know, so it all started literally with, with this movie right here, Metal Noir. Wow, and it's, awesome. so, it's one of my favorite SOV movies. I, I recommend you guys check it out sometime. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. And, That's still uh, for sale or is that hard to find? Yeah, it's for sale, SOVhorror.com. Cool. So most of our titles are still in print. Um, like I said, we've released almost 50 movies at this point. Some of them are out of print and we've done a few secret releases, but overall most of our catalogs in print and uh yeah sovhorror.com buy some movies folks when i saw that when i saw it a day that was really good was uh cards of death cards of death that was so fucking good uh i was trying to get dean to watch that one i I liked it the whole neon lights and added effects into it just was a a nice little treat Mm -hmm. i was there um actually there's are there any um like ones that you've tried to get and you haven't been able to be successful of getting the rights to or oh a ton a ton (laughs) i i literally so i have a huge list of movies that i'd love to put out and i've slowly been getting some of them some of them have been rejected some of them i can't find um you know i i don't want to i'll be honest i don't want to share titles at this point because it's starting it's really funny like when i started putting out these movies you know when i put out metal nor there still wasn't many people putting out shot on video content and a lot of people still didn't really care, you know, and, and since then, I mean, now we got companies like vinegar syndrome putting out SOV stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I feel SOV is bigger than it's ever been like ever. <laughs> so you almost don't want to, don't want to tell your secrets or say, Oh so, yeah. I don't want to give away out. titles that I hope to, to <laughs> get the rights to and put out. Cause I'll be honest, there is a lot of competition. I've literally had titles. Like I, I want, I'm not going to, say what they are but i literally had a signed contract that i was about to email back to the director and he said don't send that back to me (laughs) no no because someone else scooped it up and i lost six movies in that deal so you know so i mean there's a lot of competition that's not the only time that's happened to me either so you know yeah there's a lot of people fighting to put out content right now and you know to me ultimately i mean i do this i do it honestly like i don't need to put these out i, I have a good job you know I, I do this because i love these movies i mean for me what sov like i said i kind of accidentally stepped into becoming a distributor i mean my second release was my movie you know that i made mm-hmm. and then after that it just things started to fall into place i literally had people hey are you interested in this oh, okay wow this is a good movie okay sure you know and then just kind of fell into place but it's like ultimately to me and why i even started the website and wanted to do the documentary is you know i grew up watching these movies all my friends thought i was fucking crazy they said tony these movies suck you know (laughs) 
but they inspired me to pick up a damn video camera. They inspired mm -hmm. me to want to make movies. And I mean, I grew up very poor. You know, my family didn't have nothing. Single, broken home. You know, I, I never thought I'd be able to do anything in my life, you know. But I saw these movies and I picked up a camera, man. And I started making stuff, you know. And at one point in my life, I was doing nothing. I was in my 20s and my mom comes, what are you going to, it's like that, what are you going to do with your life moments? And she's like, I think you should go to college and study video. And so I listened to my mom, actually went to college, took out the loans, you know, to study video. And next thing I know, I was working for, you know, a studio that's working on major motion pictures, you know, I was working on Transformers and Man of Steel and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, so I started SOV Horror really as a way to just say thank you to these people who inspired me to follow my dreams. Because without, without the SOV guys, I mean, I mean, I think you guys probably get it. Like when you grow up with nothing, you don't think you can achieve much. And when you see people achieving a lot out of nothing, which I think SOV kind of represents, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. it was just so influential on someone like me. And I truly credit a lot of my life success to shot on video movies and the inspiration that they gave me, you know? So it's, it's all about paying it back to, to the community, honestly. And, and I, I mean, I have one rule at my company it's, it, and I've always stuck to it. I only put out movies I like. So mm -hmm. if I don't like a movie, I'm not putting it out. I want to have integrity. You know, I, I come from a music background. I used to play in punk rock bands and stuff. And to me, it's all about having integrity with what you do, you know? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. why we don't do limited releases. You know, almost all these companies, it's like, oh, we only do 200 or 300 copies. It's like, no. We want you to be able to buy our movies. We want you to yeah. see the movies. We want you to see them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do some limited releases here and there, but that's more for like new indie stuff. And that's me trying to help out indie filmmakers. Right. But the, the stuff, everything else is not limited. We don't limit our product because I want people to see the movies. That's what it's about, you know? Yeah. Sharing that love and sharing that passion with other people are into this stuff. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, just the you know, whole indie scene in general is what's kind of got me going and kept me going and just being part of it and just how easy it is to connect with um, a lot of these people. Like once you're kind of like in uh, like in the niche, because um, it's very tight, you know, and then we're all like, very connected um, and just comes to, you know, just basically just messaging them and be like, hey, I'm a fan. Um, just I have some questions for you. Um, and now it's just been really nice to be able to just pick up um Anyone to any time just kind of at interviewing. I'm in surprise of how many um, people I've had for interviews already. It's been really cool, to be honest. For sure. It's amazing. Technology is amazing, right? You can just like, hey, I just saw this movie, and you can literally email the person the next day and say, I love your movie. Great job. You know? Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. And I, I like it. I like that for sure. I don't know some, you know, um, older directors are kind of like not into the social side of it, but it's free promotion. You know, it helps and just anything and getting your name out there um and like i think there are a lot of them are caving in but you know well it's hard sure. when you're like when you're a creative mind though like if you're trying to make movies and stuff then to also like spend your free time online like plugged mm -hmm. into that like it takes your mind out of that creative space so, job. so i think job. yeah and then if you're um uh sh shooting movies on video most likely you don't have uh, social media person or even an editor or anything so you're doing everything on your own i don't think everyone has the endurance to keep up with the social media so 
Um, no, it's, I mean, I'll be honest, guys. Like for me, you know, I, I'm a one man business. I do everything myself. I encode the DVDs. I cut the trailers. I cut the making of documentaries. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I don't <laughs> do is the art. And sometimes I actually do do the art, but typically I outsource the art to artists I work mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, and social media, honestly, is the hardest part for me. That's always the hardest part, yeah. you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, some people are very good at promoting. I, I, that's not, I'm not a person who likes to brag. I'm not a person who likes to do that. But, you know, if you're going to be a capitalist and try to sell movies, you have to do that. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's also hard in the indie horror, especially if you're going any graphic stuff of like Facebook, this is really nice on banning um, everybody that shows too much gore. And just, yeah. it's like, it's a real thing. Like, And if you try to rely on that as your promotion, you're fucked if you get like a, you know, three day ban all the time or, you know, goes up and it's like, well, how am I supposed to fucking work this way? Well, just even algorithms. I mean, you know, when Facebook, you know, back in the day, we could post a, a, a direct link to buy our movie and people would see it, a direct link yeah. to a trailer and people would see it. And now like you now Facebook's like, oh, you got a link in there? No, we're not sharing that shit now. We, we want yeah. you to buy ads now, you know, yeah. and we want you to, you know, and so- it's, where do you promote the most on social media instagram or something? literally just groups of facebook you okay. know it's just me uh, i have uh, luckily luckily i've had some fans who have helped out a bit you know so i've uh i got a guy who runs our unofficial twitter and uh i, I run my own instagram i run my own facebook i had a, a fan that was helping out with our facebook for a while and uh you know but yeah social media is the toughest and i'll be i'll be honest i, I wish I wish I didn't have to do social media at all. You know, I got a feeling if I ever stop this company, I'm not going to be online anymore. No one's going to be able to find me because, you know, that's a whole other conversation. No, I I feel you. I I deal with a lot of the social media and it's, yeah, it's just constantly, you're just like looking at stuff or reading it. It's it's an ongoing thing. There's there's a lot of fluff in there that can distract you from business. So it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, you get, I mean, Um, I've, Someone emails me. If someone takes the time to email me, I'm going to email them back no matter what they emailed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Try to be nice. Even if it's a hate mail. Well, yeah, yeah hate mail. I'll, <laughs> I'll just say, I'm sorry you didn't like the move. <laughs> you <laughs> get a lot of... I haven't, got, I haven't got really any hate mail. I was about to say, have you got... I don't, you don't seem like someone that really. gotten a lot of flack. No, yeah. I've, I've had a few people say, oh, I, I picked up that movie and it sucked. And I said, oh, well, I'm well, sorry. Then, you know, I yeah, like it. I don't like SOV. Yeah. Yeah, movies are so subjective. It's art, you know. So yeah, the humor is different. Everyone, what people are looking for in movies is always different, you know. So none of us are always going to hundred percent agree, you know. But uh, you can't win them all. But I'd like to think that everything I put out is pretty good. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I've um, I've only checked out a couple. I've been meaning to get into the catalog, um, but I want to get more into like the stuff that has um, your directing in it. Um, So like, what a. do you have any plugs? I know you usually have like a plug in the all your SOVs uh, episodes of any movies <laughs> you want to promote that you have, you're you selling right now. Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, tom- uh, I think tomorrow's the first. Yeah. Tomorrow we're uh, dropping two new ones. We're dropping a movie called Return to Yucca Flats Desert Man Beast, which is a batshit insane crazy sequel to the movie Beast of Yucca Flats. If you guys know that, it's an old 60s movie with Tor Johnson from uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Isn't that and, on wasn't one of the Mystery Science Theaters or something? Yep, it sure was. BC yeah. Yucca Flats was an MST. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's pretty much like an unofficial sequel to that. And it's 
it's freaking hilarious but maddening at the same time this is the only movie i've ever seen in my life that broke me Uh, and and i had to release it i had to release it i'll just kind of i i guess uh, if i can just go real quick long story short there's a scene in this movie where there's like a rave okay and they're playing this beat and this beat is like at almost an abnormal kind of tempo and it goes on for a very long time and at first you're just like oh my god this really hurts like this is not good but as time goes on, I found myself like cracking and I literally started laughing maniacally and I could not stop. Like I, I've never had a movie affect me that way where it's like for two seconds, I'm like, I hate this. And then the next minute, I'm like, this is the most hilarious thing I've seen in my entire life. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I've never had a movie make me feel that way. <laughs> so I was very happy to put out Desert Man Beast. And that comes with a special certificate of completion for watching the movie. All right. Inside the disc. Actually, I'll give you guys a quick preview. Some <laughs> of these it, movies will put you in It does come with a certificate uh, that you survived watching Desert wow. Man. That's funny. And this comes out. Oh, I, I saw the cover. Okay. I, I think I was like saw it on your page. That's funny. Sure and then we're also too. putting out tomorrow is a limited release as well, which is a movie actually uh, starring the same guy from Desert Man Beast, uh, David C. Hayes, called Undone, which is more of a psychological uh, kind of disturbing horror flick. It's pretty much about this guy who a pedophile child murderer killed his daughter and his police officer friend gives him 24 hours with the killer. And so you can imagine what kind of things could have transpire in that 24 hour period. And uh, yeah, people are more into like disturbing content and extreme content. That one's definitely for you guys. What's that one called again? Check it out. Uh, It's called (laughs) Undone. Cool. It's called Undone. And and this, so this is a limited release. It's on our sub-label basement videos, which primarily puts out like newer indie titles. but the cool thing about basement videos and a lot of our stuff is this is cheap as shit, guys. Six bucks. Six dollars. Okay. I make no money off of this. I literally put this out because I want people to see it, you know? And, yeah. and that's what it comes down to, you know, like I said with all these movies. It's like I'm only putting out stuff I like because, you know, when you're the only person who works on it, you got to really like a movie if you're going to work on it for a year. Mm-hmm. And some of these movies I've worked on, I've worked on for over a year. <laughs> You know, releases like Mr. Ice Cream Man were over a year. Mm-hmm. Misty Darkness, over a year. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time working on these closely with the filmmakers. I always transfer from the best. We go straight to the master prints. You know, we go to the mm-hmm. labs, get them transferred. I mean, it's not cheap to do all this, but yeah. I always try to keep the prices down because I don't want to gouge the fans. I don't do any gimmicks like slip covers or any of that garbage. It's just all about... Here's the movie, hopefully in a nice package to enjoy, you know, with as much extras as we can throw in there at the cheapest price we can give it to you. So, yeah, Have you ever thought about taking the ones that are out of print and putting them on like a stream site? So uh, most of the stuff that's out of print, like I said, is kind of our more indie labels and our deals have only been for a limited license. Okay. So, you know, I usually only license those for a two month period. Uh, We have though brought those back. Uh, We just brought them back last October. I put all my out of print movies were available again for about a a month. And so every so often, you know, because I, 
it's like I said, I don't, you know, I'm a fan first and nothing sucks more than you really want a movie, but you can't get it because it's out of print. And now you're going to go to eBay and pay $300 to get a copy and you just want to watch the movie. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I try not to do stuff like that because I don't, you know, like I said, I'm a fan first, you know, but with the limited releases, like I said, a lot of that's more just to get like this, this indie type content out to fans and, and help spread the word of these filmmakers. That's why we charge like six bucks for those ones because so, it's like it's really a promotional tool for them. You, you know? don't do any yeah. like exclusive rights or anything like that. Like you just you just sell a limited amount of copy and then they can do whatever they want with their movie afterwards. Or do you have like ownership? Or the limited, yeah. I mean, I have all sorts of deals. I mean, some of our movies we have worldwide all rights for. Some movies we only have DVD rights. You know, some I have streaming, some I don't have streaming. And a lot of people have approached us about streaming. And, uh, you know, I've, I've considered it. I mean, it goes against a little bit of what I feel I'm doing with this. Because yeah. first and foremost, I mean, I'm a physical media dork, you know. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I no, like yeah, physically I get that. owning it. And, uh, you know, and streaming's cool and all. But, but streaming, you know, has really... I know it's helped out some artists, but at the same time, it's also made art a lot cheaper and has made it harder for any artist for to anyone to make money yeah. to make a living off of their art. I mean, you know, especially with streaming, it's very easy for people to bootleg from streaming. Yeah, because well, I yeah, you know. there's, there's yeah, there's ways. And maybe only stream stuff, to Europe you know? because it's so expensive to ship there. <laughs> You know, bootlegging is, I mean, even screwed up my company. I mean, I've, mm. I've, I know my movies are on Cinemageddon, you know, I'll tell people right now they're up there, but please come to my website and buy them from my website. You know? Yeah. I don't go to Cinemageddon, but I've been told from, from fans, you know, that my movies are, I was told one of my movies was like the movie of the week or something over there, you know? And, and it was literally a rip of the entire DVD, you know? And yeah. it sucks because I'm a small guy. I mean, I, I have to license these movies and I'll be quite honest guys. Like typically I don't even make my money back on a lot of these, you know I mean? I'm hoping year three will not be my last year. You know, I'm trying to keep this yeah. going, but when people bootleg our product and it knocks it out, it hurts us, you know, because mm -hmm. it's not cheap to license these movies. People want to get paid and I pay them, you know, I, mm -hmm. of course I can't pay them as much as I wish I could, but you know, I do pay. I don't, you know, I know I hear a lot of people, horror stories, they don't even get paid, you know? If I could say one thing, actually, if there's any aspiring filmmakers who are listening to this, if I could give you one piece of advice, and I always like to share this piece of advice, is if you ever, you know, sell your movie or license it to a company, whatever you do, get money up front. Don't ever do back-end deals. Don't do any of that, because guess what? You ain't going to see nothing. Okay. I've done back-end deals on some of my stuff. I've never seen a penny on that stuff. You know what I mean? So that's why I always pay everyone up front. You know, it's like cash up front, you know, and mm -hmm. make sure everyone's happy and, and with the arrangement, you know, because, <laughs> but support, support, you know, support these companies you guys like too, you know, because uh, ultimately, you know, I, like I said, even us, we're struggling, man. We're struggling. I, I, I literally almost closed my doors like January 1st. I was about to say, screw it. I'm closing it. Cause man you know, yeah it, it's i've lost a lot of money doing this but i do it because i love it you gotta love it you know and, and that's why we do it and uh, at the end of the day i really just hope that that i help these movies live on for future generations and that people can discover things like desert man beast undone mr ice cream man metal nor you know the dingleberries mm -hmm. whatever it may be 
discover these movies and and share them with other people and you know and keep these films alive because ultimately if if we don't keep these films alive they're going to disappear guys you know yeah no for sure and yeah no for sure and I appreciate the people that are are doing that, and they're like true collectors, and they're that share the um, that know about this because like VHS is such a like um, there's a lot of VHSs that haven't been converted yet, and then people are like, and if it's if it's never converted, it's literally lost forever because no one gives two shits about VHS, at least when it comes to you know keeping it in circulation. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even so. gone into like like J J video market, like the Japanese video market. There's so much. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, because all the guinea pigs are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and horror. Um, they, they're, and I would say they were the first ones in the '80s to take it to the extremes on SOV. Um, oh, for sure. <laughs> so I mean, guinea there, pig movies. Yeah, there's I mean, guinea pig, and, and the then there's just yeah, random yeah. torture videos and stuff. So mm-hmm. we like just like every topic we do, we always have to do basically a Japanese episode too. So we'll probably do a Japanese SOV episode. <laughs> I know there's so many the two SOV episodes we're gonna do. I mean, you could split it up and do a German one, you know, a different thing and sure, yeah. But yeah, I do think so like, many. split it by regions. I mean, literally, Oklahoma yeah. has enough shot on video <laughs> movies to talk about. Ohio has enough shot on video yeah. movies to talk about. It's that's one thing we were just like yeah I mean, we might just have to split it up and maybe our second sov is when we do uh, the interview with uh the guy from necrophiles that directed that we'll yeah that. um uh, really quick we should do a lightning round just throw out a couple titles to tony and to see what he thinks about it yeah because there was a couple that i didn't i didn't i didn't mention uh, and i could imagine like a classic is definitely sledgehammer i feel like that's one of the ones that is mentioned in like top of everyone's list yeah, what do you think about that one? Sledgehammer is one of my favorites. I absolutely love that movie. I interviewed the killer, Doug Matley. I went to his house uh, or to his boarding care place he was living in. And literally that was the inspiration for my film, The Tape, which is in high eight. Uh, he, he was kind of a weird guy. It was quite an interesting thing meeting him. Um, but great movie. One of my favorites. Uh, absolutely love that movie. Amazing soundtrack. Great use of minimal locations. Creepy killer. I mean... Great movie, love Sledgehammer. One of All my I remember from that movie is ultra slow mo kills. Is that yes. is that the right one? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Everything is like super slow motion to yeah. pad out the movie, but it actually works. Yeah. Yeah, and the whole ghost uh, element, just where they just fade them out. So yeah, it's funny. That one's classic. One I've been meaning to get into, but it's another shot and sheets uh, is a goblin. I can't find it for shit. I want to um, right now, but I, I want to watch it for sure. Yeah, go- goblin is so good. That's actually my favorite Todd sheets, and it's funny because I've talked to Todd about it, and Todd hates that movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he hates it, but he's not a big fan of his early work. Um, yeah, that's what he, I heard. He's went on to do a lot, you know, a lot bigger stuff since then. But uh, goblin's one of my favorites. I mean, it's. It's completely filled with, you know, the the the, the trademark Todd Sheets, uh, you know, real real guts and gore, and uh, you know, there's some really sick kills in it, and oh, yeah, he, you're he uses butcher shop guts and stuff. Uh huh. Yep. Nice. And I that's where that's that. what I was influenced too. You know, I saw that yeah. shit in Todd Sheets movie and in Dawn of the Dead, and you're like, when I started making movies, I'm like, no, we're going to the butcher shop. We're gonna buy the real stuff. You know. Yep um one i saw recently from 1989 that i actually enjoyed a lot the mcpherson tapes yeah i have not seen that one oh, so really? i know of it but I've, I've never seen that one so i can't really comment on it it's cool shutter just put it out and um my wife presley and i watched it recently and 
Nice. It's it's she thought it was pretty spooky actually because alien stuff gets to her. Right. Um, when you actually see the re- alien reveal, it's pretty like Halloween costume. But sure. <laughs> um, the lead up into that is really good. Found footage, shot on video, um, really takes you back to that time and like just they did a great job on it on, on the tension that they build up, and then they like I, they remade it for TV, which a lot of people have seen that version. And that one's not really as good, but it's okay. TV version. So I would check that out. If, if you have Shutter, it's pretty easy to find now. Shutter's put out a few SOV things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were actually, I won the Joe Bob Silver Bolo Award for SOV Horror when they did Sledgehammer on Joe Bob's drive-in. So oh, nice. that was really cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, big one to mention, uh, Brian Pollan. Um, I mean, he's done quite a bit of stuff and the sov which is a i think he's a big part um but he kind of last one he i think last shot on camcorder was a uh, reap of evil um right i think that was the last one it was technically uh vhs camcord but then everything else went dv but what was it called yeah. brian paul in general like he he did uh blood pigs um yeah but what was the last one you said that was on oh uh, reap of evil Oh, Reaper. That was the last one he did as a on VHS camera. Yeah, I don't know that one. Oh, I've never. Heard uh, of it was, yeah, it was, it was one of the ones that didn't get as much of a release. Um, but that one's really cool. Is Piper trying um, to be on the podcast? Yeah, she is. But and then Marcus Cook, um, he has a, quite a bit of like his early stuff, oh, yeah. his shorts. Um, I want to check out um White Massacre and Lunch Meat, but um, haven't gotten around to those yet. But Lunch Meat is not. Uh, that's that's film. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. but uh, uh, Bad Blood is... Ba- Marcus Coke, yeah. So Bad Blood is Marcus Coke, and that's 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 video. Bad Blood's okay. pretty cool. It's actually a really ambitious vampire flick. Okay. Uh, my favorite Marcus Coke, though, is probably Rot. Rot is yeah, so Rot's cool. great. Yeah. Yeah. Rot is so much that's fun. A great movie. Yeah, we did a movie screening with him. Where we, we had him on, and we just did like a whole thing and shot the shit. It was... Nice. Joel cool. was supposed to be on, but Joel couldn't figure out the Discord, so unfortunately, Joel didn't make it. Oh, but, gotcha. So we just ended up talking with Marcus the whole time, but yeah, it was pretty funny. That was one of the ones I, um, I wish I recorded, because the he was definitely drunk and talking some shit, and it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't we record that? No, I don't think we did record Rot. That was oh. one of the ones that we missed. <clears throat> I think I, ha- I might have it. I don't know. Well, um, you do, yeah. Send it to me. How about, uh, I saw that you like this movie, and I love it too, Las Vegas Bloodbath. Oh my god, one of my favorites. Another extreme horror. <laughs> you know, that that's one of those ones, though, that still kind of got a bum rap, because most people have only seen that, that DVD print that was put out by Pendulum Pictures, which is a work print of the movie. You know, and and the, the 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 actual complete version of that movie you can only get on VHS, which is hmm. the Dead Alive VHS um, of that, and uh, that's the complete. So you know, a lot of people they go, oh, there's like the 30 minute long scene of the girls playing cards. If you watch the VHS version, it's not 30 minutes; it's like three minutes. <laughs> so so that that's kind of one of those i just wanted to preface that because a lot of people some people go oh that movie's a total pile of shit and i go well because you've watched the dvd version right you haven't seen the vhs version. do you know uh, what the runtime on the vhs version is oh let me see i have it right here because right here i have an hour 18 minutes on the one i saw have you seen that one christian 
Which one? Talk about a terrible cover too. No, that was the one I was getting. I was gonna get around to, and I didn't get to. It says eighty nine minutes. I don't know if that's right or not. You guys know how VHS boxes are; they're not always right with the run times. But yeah, Um, it's it's a good one. It's just this like psycho killer that cut off his wife's head, and he's just bringing it around Las Vegas and like talking to it like it's still alive, and he's just. So good. killing all these <laughs> prostitutes and yeah it's and but he's bringing he's brings the head in having his wife talk to all the prostitutes while he's doing it it's freaking ridiculous the best scene is at the bar when he slams the head down he's like oh, i have a drink for the lady <laughs> bring close. this bitch one too yeah that's what he says <laughs> it is very impactful great movie yeah, people can find that VHS code. I don't know if you've seen that version, but that version actually has more gore in it too. So oh, okay. I, I definitely recommend. Unfortunately, that's one of those ones, you know, I'll go out and say because I know everyone's tried to put out this movie. Like I've I've been trying to get the rights to this one for a long time. I, I was uh I was friends with the special effects artist and I've interviewed him numerous times and he's since fallen off the face of the earth. But um he was a weird guy. He he literally believed he was Jesus and Satan at the same time. I'm not even huh. kidding you. This guy was a weirdo. I've had <laughs> interviews on my website, sovhorror.com. If anyone's interested in reading the, the interviews with him, they're up there. Oh, I'll um, check it out. Yeah. But it, it's such a weird movie. And I saw recently that people are claiming it's public domain. And, and some, some companies have released it claiming it's public domain. But it's not public domain. It's copywritten. And it's one of my dream titles. I'd love to put it out with both versions of the movie and stuff would be so cool, you know, cause it's such a fun movie. That would mm-hmm. be cool. A little pack and with a few bonus features with some of the For sure. stuff that you know about it, that we don't know about yeah. it yet. That'd be cool. Well, you know, the main star guy, the Ari Lehman or uh, what's it? Ari something like that. Uh, yeah. Ari Le- Le- Levin. Yeah. He, he was a magician in Las Vegas so and i i got in contact with him at one point and we talked for a little while and i was almost going to drive to vegas just to see him and get my vhs signed at his magic show and since then you can't get a hold of him on facebook anymore i think people started bothering him on facebook and he jumped off or something yeah uh, how about the wnuf halloween special from 2013 was that shot all on vhs no, think? so that was actually, I believe, uh, and and uh, you know, I'm actually good friends with Chris Law Martina as well. I've, uh, you know, he's came down to my house a few times. We've hung out and stuff, and uh, um, really cool guy. Him and his wife, I love both of them. Great people. We actually put out his first movie, Americill, that he made when he was 15 years old. You can mm. get that at sovhorror.com. Yeah, that's like that. Great one. movie. It's a slasher movie. It's like a 15 year old making Scream. But like with punk rock sensibilities, it's it's really fun. It's really cool, um, and it's super impressive. You could see how he went on to make things like WNUF, Call Girl, Cthulhu, and all the other great films he's made since then. But I believe WNUF. If I'm, I I could be wrong, but I believe he told me that most of that was shot on either HD or mini DV. And they did the running it through the VCRs trick. So they, mm. you know, ran it through the VCR a few different times to degrade the footage to give it that kind of old school VHS look. Okay. Yeah. Look, Which I think it's kind of now the new standard that a lot of people are doing yeah. now, you know, it's just, just degrading this, you know, their footage. They just run it through the VCRs now. Have you heard about Jonathan Doe's uh, Degenerates? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah he, that was totally all shot on VHS and edited on VHS. And right, according to no, it was digitalized. I took they took the thing and then digitalized and then put it onto VHS and then fourth generation. They did. degraded it on the VHS. Yeah. VCR. Yeah. 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 Yeah, another good one. It's um, uh, tape, uh, tapes of karma, or tape of karma. Have you heard of that karma. one? Yeah, that's the Alex Chitlin, uh Chillin one. Uh, yeah, I, I mainly remember what's that other one he made? Uh, oh no, tape of karma. Sorry, I'm getting that mixed up with bad karma. Sorry, tape of karma. Michael Bellamy. Yeah, 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 Michael. Yeah. Uh, we actually released that in our movie once again. Just keep plugging my shit here. I was a teenage gorehound. Oh, okay, cool. So that's <laughs> so, on that. Okay. So this features uh, Tape of Karma's in this, as okay. well as uh, other shorts by teenage filmmakers, uh, Ben Goddard. Uh, yeah, I have the VHS that Gorius uh, production put out. The, oh, nice. The, okay. Cage yeah. Black. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, yeah, Michael Bellamy, great talent. I mean, talk about someone, yeah, who just made a movie all by himself. I mean, played every character in the movie. Yeah, he's actually, he's on our Discord and pretty heavily. I want to uh, interview him and kind of get him in the, into, because he's, um, or they are uh, active, so. Very talented uh, guy and great, great, great person. Great person. I was, I was very excited that he let us put that in this compilation. Yeah, one I was surprised that um, didn't do more uh, getting to Patrick Fonte. Uh, apparently, only um, Park Street uh, Diary was a SOV. That was the only one. Um, but I figured some of his early stuff would. Are you familiar with Patrick Fonte? Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure. We 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 uh, we almost put out some of his stuff uh, early on. Yeah, I've I've talked to him. He's a cool, dude. Nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, really cool stuff. Yeah, he kind of, I like what like other stuff that he puts out for sure. Um, some, even his mixtapes are crazy. Like, I haven't seen um, his mixtapes, but oh, they're they're insane. Stuff. It's like the music that he chooses is just freaking awesome. I'm a big fan of like power violence, like grindcore type stuff, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just raunchy ass music. I love it. <laughs> so for sure, for sure, it's yeah. definitely good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, is there any? So I actually had a question. Is there any SOV that you don't recommend to people? So, you know, there's a there's plenty of them that aren't good. And, uh, you know, one thing, though, I hate to do is discourage anyone's work or any. Oh, I, I get that. But you're just like those um, ones are just like, personally, you know, you know you can... we, were, we kind of mentioned the Nick Millard stuff like Deaf Nurse earlier. I mean, that stuff's good with some beers, but there's not much rewatch value to stuff. Yeah. Like that, in my opinion, just to get a laugh in, um, you know, I. It's tough because, like I said, I really hate to put down anyone's work, you know, because at the end of the day, no matter if I liked it or not, someone put their heart and soul into making that. that. So, you know, but there's definitely, you know, to me, the SOV movies that suck are the ones that are made for money. Typically, they're the ones Mm -hmm. that you can tell they're only making it because they want to make a quick buck. You know, they don't care about making a good product, you know, and I think that's even going on today with the indie film scene. I think that's part of the problem with the indie film scene right now is, I mean, I, I get a ton of people sending me movies constantly like, Hey, can you watch this? Can you watch this? Can you put this out? And, you know, I, I just see so many movies. I'm like, you know, if you just spent another hour editing your movie, it'd be so much better, you know? Yeah. Speaking of Bill, uh, Bill Z. Bob, like some of his three hours slow Bob, motion yeah. stuff. I'm like, God damn it, man. Some of his least... stuff, you know, almost has you. You're almost like, okay, I'm kind of into this. 
But then once you're in that hour and a half of it, you're like, oh my God, I can't it's watch it. It's the same it. exact scene of the girl just slowly taking I, her clothes off. I'm like, can you? across, yeah. I mean. Some of these movies just make you feel like you're tripping out. Like, just because sure. <laughs> scenes will just go on for so long. And like, we were talking about Quad Ad Zone, like the music yeah. that they use is like, <clears throat> is almost alien sounding, like the vocals and stuff. Yeah. And like the visual effects they use with the, the green screen to show the mm-hmm. ghosts and stuff. It's just so trippy. So I don't well, know. Even though, you know people though, yeah. got to think of the, the time that that was produced, you know, and it's like at the time that was still pretty I want to say state of the art, but it was still yeah. pretty novel to be able to do stuff like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think sometimes you have to judge these movies as, as part of their time period, you know, like mm-hmm. some people go now with 2020 eyes and they watch these old movies and go, Oh, this is shit. You know, I can, I can make this with my phone, you know? yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, you got to watch them sometimes through those, 1980s lens or whenever the film was produced and uh you know yeah i love quad ed zone i mean to me you know one thing that comes up a lot is people say you know oh that's a shit movie it's a bad movie and i always say you know i work for riff tracks you know and we're known for ripping bad movies it's what you know riff tracks does but it's really funny because like most of the movies we do at Rift Tracks, I'm a fan of the movies. And a lot of people laugh at me there because they go, oh, you like this one, Tony? And I go, yeah, actually, I really do like this movie. Mm-hmm. And I've recommended SOVs. I mean, we did the feeders movies on my recommendation. And uh-huh. But the thing is, I always say, you know, don't, the, only, don't, the only way you make a bad movie is if you make a boring movie. If you make a yeah. movie mm-hmm. that just is not engaging but at the end of the day, like you can have terrible production values, you can have terrible acting, bad special effects. But if you've entertained me for the runtime, then that's you did your purpose. I had a good time yeah. with your movie. It's when your movie, like you want to blow your brains out because you just can't watch it anymore. I, I know one of you guys was watching a Heavy Metal Massacre. Early. Yeah, that one was. You know, Heavy Metal Massacre, that's a tough movie to get I would be right? honest, I could. I was trying to. I kept, like, wandering off and, like, I'm just going to go downstairs. For so, to me, <laughs> I, guess, I guess that would be an example of that's a bad movie. That That's yeah. a movie that obviously... I kind of expected that, but I was like, I, okay, I was like, I have to get into a bad one just to see, like, you know, sure. for, for the whole spectrum of... <laughs> a lot of the slow parts I've noticed are detective work in these movies. Yeah. A lot of detective work. <laughs> And it drags yeah. on, and they find, they always find two old guys that just talk in an in a homemade <laughs> office. And... In that in that most bad horror movies, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Get into the police procedural part yeah. of the film, and they just well, and, turn their garage into better. a police station. Like violent shit, for instance, we're talking about that. Like the first one, compared to the third one, like they're just so much better. You know, it just oh. gets like, on, on, like, yeah. Like I meant to go get uh, watch uh, Sadomaster, but I heard it was like similar to the third one of um, uh, violent shit with like a lot of samurai and weird, you know, right? Uh, ninjas have somehow thrown into the fucking mix, and like, <laughs> yeah, he really got weird with those movies. That's kind of that's kind of what Matt Jazel does too. He puts ninjas in everything now. <laughs> yeah, after Necrophile yeah and that's another one necrophiles you can't call that a bad movie because it's so entertaining Uh oh yeah exactly yeah you know but some you get some people would maybe try to call that a bad movie because of oh the acting's not great or maybe maybe aesthetically i saw the camera shake or i saw a boom mic or something and it's like well you know 
Yeah, I could see why day, it could be aesthetically bad for some people, but at the end of the day, were you entertained? And mm -hmm. if you're entertained, then I think I think the film did its purpose. You know, yeah. even if it was entertained for the wrong reasons. I mean, sometimes people are entertained for the wrong reasons. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you brought it. You brought up things really quick, but um, that's another good classic. I, thought, I, heard, I was reading up on little things. Apparently, the nude lady in the opening scene was actually a prostitute. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about you're talking about the 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 sorry the Barry Gillis things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, there's two movies called Things, so people get confused sometimes. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about the SOV. Obviously, the things like the. Well, no, actually, the Barry oh, Gillis there's, there's one is primarily oh, okay. shot on eight millimeter film, so that's primarily a film. That's another one. Oh. Okay. It's, uh, unjust. Oh, another one that's like on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's get to that. So I believe some of the segments are are, are, are video. But uh, not oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm sure there's those ones that like were part of the movie was shot on video, and then other parts where it's like hard to classify. You know, it's like, well, do I call it SOVs? It's just like their art parts. You know, it's like. Well, yeah, and you um, got movies that use multiple mediums. You know, so yeah, are using video, film, you know, stuff like that. You know. Yeah. Um. Should we close the show. I don't think there's anything else. Yeah, because there's not many. I mean, unless there's any other. Um, quick recommendations you want to throw out that we didn't bring on uh, or we didn't talk about or you think yeah I mean uh, I guess uh, just to, to be shameless again I'll just plug my company so yeah um, and, and uh, I guess I'll mention some of my favorite titles I mean I love them all like I said I only put out movies I love but if you're like new to the company and you just want to check out what we got um, first I just recommend we have a DVD it's called trailer or Rama it's like an hour of trailers so like I personally love trailer reels. Mm -hmm. uh, they're fun to throw on at parties or whatever, you know. Mad Ron's you a nice glimpse into the catalog, you know, for people mm -hmm. who just want a cheap dip in a catalog. I think it's six bucks on our website. Cool. But um, some of my favorites that we put out, uh, Metal Noir is a great movie. Um, another one, uh, Writer's Block, Truth or Dare Part 2, the fake Truth or Dare sequel. Um, Spirit Gallery is another great one. Uh, Variants, Joe Meredith's Variants. Um, any of the work from Joe Sherlock, so Monster in the Garage, Zombie Love Slave. Um, I mean, there's so many great ones. Americill from Chris Lamartino did WNUF Halloween special. I want to see so, this. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, The Crawling Brain is another favorite of mine. We just put that out, oh, yeah, out recently. And like I said, we got the Todd Sheets one coming out in March. So that should be coming out in March. And I, I know you, you guys seem like gore hounds. So like, yeah, yeah no, that I'm one's definitely probably up your guys' alley as well. So Hell yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> awesome. No, I appreciate that. Well, thanks for coming on and thanks for doing our first video show. For sure. I think it <laughs> turned out pretty well. And we'd love to have you on for some more shot on video stuff or maybe even. Yeah, and we, we, we even do um, like a, we do. Um, like screenings if you want to do like a whole thing like a commentary over and do a lot of commentary right down if you're interested cool yeah yeah anytime you guys want me to join on or if you guys want to screen any of our movies yeah just hit me up we'll we'll talk and we'll we'll figure it out for sure cool and it'll be like another riff trap i'll uh put in, <laughs> i'll put in the corner a way that you guys can just uh screenshot and add to discord we have like a code but uh if you ever want to come onto our discord and promote your stuff we have a promotion area and we can even start you know own text channel for you uh, oh wow cool so thank you can, so much yeah talk about your stuff too so yeah any, any help is appreciated guys like i said small one yeah. company so you know any help is appreciated 
Yeah, we have a whole SOV channel, and there's definitely like a lot of people bringing you up, and a lot of your films get oh, wow, brought cool. up for okay. sure. So, um, so yeah, a lot of people are stoked to hear that you're on the uh, on the first episode. So, oh, that's season cool. two. So, <laughs> we're stoked on that. So, get that going. Yeah. So, cool. well, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate. Yeah. You of course. Thank you. It's been a blast chatting, and like I said, anytime, guys, uh, feel free to hit me up. Cool. Okay. Yeah, appreciate that. Sounds cool. Good. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was really nice to talk to Tony. Um, he had a lot to say and um, he's such a legend. I didn't really realize how much he had uh, been doing until I look at his IMDb and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, yeah. He's done a lot. He's definitely done a lot of busy. industry stuff too. Yeah. So it's good to see because he's been on either side. He knows the indie side. He knows the big Hollywood side. He knows, you know, so he could definitely be somebody that truly speaks for um, cinema. So it was a good talk for sure. And he's super nice. So it'd be cool mm -hmm. to work with him again. Hopefully we can get him on the um, live stream or we could just do another SOV. Because like I said, we have a lot to cover and there's a lot that I didn't get a chance to even watch yet. Yeah, especially stuff on his um, catalog, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, I'd only seen a couple on his catalog. So, and I want to actually go back and be like, okay, now the you're back and I've seen all your stuff. <laughs> we can talk more, <laughs> yeah. um, for sure. And then, of course, if we get a chance, we can do a Japanese shot on video. <laughs> Even though yeah. we've talked about a lot of, like, the all night longs and guinea pigs yeah, so much. Yeah, we might. But... Well, I think uh, I'd rather do a, um, a Category 3 episode, if anything. Yeah, we have a lot of Category 3 stuff. We haven't even, I don't even think, think we brought up the term Ebola syndrome or the movie Ebola no, syndrome. No, we, we, we have some stuff to talk about. Yeah, I'd rather do that first. And we can, you know, do this at another SOV, like, months down the road. So, yeah. Cool. Well, but... thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, this is our first proper YouTube video, but we're going to try to keep doing this. Um, let's see here. Join our Discord. Even if people, oh, oh even, I was, was going to say, even if people, um, the, if the directors or whoever we're interviewing doesn't want to, you'll still see our face. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We'll just like put a picture of their movie or something, but, um, yeah. yeah, I'll put a link to our discord in the corner, uh, and just, I guess, take a picture of it and it'll send you a link. And you can show up there and see what we're up to. We have a podcast that's going to have even more stuff on it than what you see here on our YouTube channel. So definitely subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple. Uh, we do it through Anchor. So that goes out to like all the platforms. So <laughs> wherever you can subscribe, please like maybe, maybe give us some reviews or ratings too. It would be cool. We're trying to boost this, not just as a show, but as a community. And, um, we're trying to just unite all the extreme horror fans together and all the indie horror fans, underground horror fans, extreme music fans, extreme video game lovers, just people on the fringe that have nowhere else to talk about um, this kind of subject matter. Because, you know, you can't talk about it on Facebook or everyone, your family, your boss is going to see you talking about Human Centipede being better than a Serbian film. Could lose your job. So, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, join us on our Discord if you want, or we got a Facebook group. What else do we got, Christian? Oh, we got everything now. I mean, I technically have a Twitter. I mean, I, I'm fairly active on it. It's I, I recycle the same posts, but so it's basically whatever platform you're on, you'll see our post there. Yeah, we'll have a link to our Patreon soon. It's up, but it's not like linked up 
to yeah we want to figure out and any suggestions um we're open to it um we kind of want to figure out the tiers and seeing um how we can make it fair for everybody but also giving you something that's uh, worth paying for you know be it um, working on merchandise working on like packagings and i thought about doing some sending out some um out of print like mystery box type stuff and yeah yeah we have a lot of stuff that we could be doing giveaways and stuff for because we've been collecting so hard over the years and i don't know there's just a lot of perks and stuff and then also a lot of stuff that has to do with our discord along with video content of a lot of like the screenings and stuff we're doing um is going to be re-edited and repackaged to something that you could rewatch and listen to and stuff so i mean that's all with permission of the filmmakers of course but hopefully we can be getting you guys some commentary slash footage slash live screens yeah we might even add depending on who it is uh, we might add to the content and kind of add second you know secondary interviews or um, return interviews and um because a lot of the people um i've become pretty connected with and especially like people like daniel valiant and jonathan doe and sam hell and these are people i can talk to pretty regularly so yeah and yeah it's crazy our first episode that we recorded was april 30th of 2021 so Mm -hmm. it's almost been a year of qvc and it's insane to see how much we've grown this um so this is our first youtube but if you go and check out spotify check out our discord like we've been doing stuff for a while and yeah the community's huge and everybody's really awesome some about like 18 episodes or something that we've done technically but yeah. you can set count of our screenings and stuff so yeah so i mean there's there's a lot of content there now so for everyone just checking us out on youtube go ahead and check us out you can add us on socials i also started a new sideshow it's called horror corridor it's going to be extreme music horrorcore music underground music just any yeah. kind of music that like is fringe and messed up yeah a lot of horrorcore because that's what i'm into but i really want yeah to- we might get into some power violence you know yeah. maybe talk to some people that maybe are still in the scene and or gore grind um, or like anything that's like you know nasty has a has yeah a like piss grave or- <laughs> so if you have recommendations for people you want to see on horror corridor let us know um we have a few awesome guests in the future for that but also quality violence cinema we out i think is that it yep yep, cool. yep that's it Yeah, thanks again. Thanks, everybody. Bye.